0: You're listening to a podcast from 702. 106 FM. Six minutes after 11 o'clock, it is time for 702. Technology and Society with Aki Anastasio. This feature is brought to you by Altron, technology partners in your digital transformation journey. For more information, Aki, visit altron.com. Altron, there when it matters. Hello. Hello. How are you, Mr. Mekaiser? I'm good. You've had, you, you've become the master of grammatical pauses this morning. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm d- such an Aki fan. I, this morning I was uh, on my way to work and there was a gigantic um, grammatical pause. But that's only because of technology, because our very good friend and colleague that I love to bits, Africa Milani, obviously is in Cape Town filling in for Bongani Bingo this morning. So some of the normal nuances that come with seeing someone sitting across from you in the studio if one is in Joburg and one is in Cape Town yes can lead to wonderful split second awkwardness because you're like no, hello yeah. africa no Tell it actually wasn't that it wasn't that you know what, you, or, or, <laughs> either that or the cough button was being pressed
1: no 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 i was going to use uh, the effects of theater of the mind and, and sound effects uh, to add a little bit of color and enrich the experience of the listeners when Adam Gilchrist was talking about his toilet story right at the end hmm. about them not being enough uh, toilets in the UK etc and toilets being you know human rights etc and I was going to have a sound effect of a toilet <laughs> flushing but alas uh, Komoto wasn't uh, oh, wasn't uh, fast enough. Fast enough, exactly. Okay, okay. But it was good
0: that you were listening. So that went f- down the drain. A very, good idea. Your very
1: busy morning commute that you were listening to the traffic.
0: Right? Yes, of course I do. Yeah. You know, a kilometer away. Okay. There's so much <laughs> for us to <laughs> <laughs> you troll. <laughs> uh, so much for us to talk about. What are we? What are you reviewing for us?
1: It's up to you. Well, this is the uh, this is the new Lenovo Yoga uh, device, and um, you know it's a, it's a it's an amazing little notebook. It's the Nova Yoga S940. Um, it's quite cool. You know, these notebooks are just getting better and better. This is running the Windows operating system. And if you feel it, you'll feel that it's got this beautiful sandblasted premium aluminum feel. So it feels really solid. It only weighs 1.2 kilograms. It's 12.2 millimeters thick. And it's the world's first laptop featuring glass that wraps around the display. So you'll see it goes right around the edges. And this is where, even if you look at phones today, you know, they've pushed the display right against the edge. And it's got some clever uh, stuff in it as well. So, apart from the camera that stares at you and and keeps an eye on where you are, it's got yeah. artificial intelligence. The test couldn't recognize me. Yeah. Well, I've put it to recognize my face. But let me. Will it recognize you? Of course. Yes, I've f I've, I've, I've done it to recognize me. Let's see. Um, hello. Looking here. Yes, there we go.
0: Is it working? Let's there see. you go. Oh,
1: well, okay. Okay, exactly. so, but I mean, all the, I mean, your phone does it as well. But mm. what it's, what it's quite clever, you know, and you're working on your, on your notebook, right? And you walk away from it, but you forget to save something or what it, it knows when you've walked mm. away and you're not staring at the notebook. Then it'll save everything and adjust the screen accordingly so that it doesn't consume battery power. So it's got that kind of um, artificial intelligence, um, That's and cool. it's got, also
0: good for privacy.
1: Yeah, it's called Glance software. So it's got this eye tracking software that protects your privacy absolutely and saves your content of your work. Battery life—they're talking about uh, about seventeen hours or so. So it's a full day's work on on, on the battery over there will set you back depending on the model that you buy anything from 20 to about 30 grand depending if you're going on you know the super high end one or well, the medium medium range one, but it's a it's a very nice business notebook. And if you're looking for something that you want to, uh, you know, show off on the boardroom table with all the bells and whistles, look at the Yoga, le,
0: the Lenovo Yoga. Uh, it's called the S940. Is the model? How quickly one. do the prices of these things come down? If no, I wait six months, will it be like five rand?
1: You know what? They they do adjust, uh, not as dramatic as they used to in the past. It might come down about ten or so percent because the older model that's out there is slightly cheap at the moment. But you're seeing that kind of stuff with Apple. Products, for example, that you know, if you wait when the new model is about to be announced, whether it's an iPad or an iPhone, there's slight reductions in price. Mm. But the thing is, is there a massive, um, is there a massive increase in what it could do before to the previous model? And that increment is narrowing down very, very oh, small. Yeah, so they're adding a lot of small okay. extra features. Is it worth getting the new one? You know, it's like cars today. You know, can you tell the difference between a 2030 to a 2018 or a 2019 model of a car you know apart from a massive mm. change in the shape uh, essentially the, the ins and outs of the car and what they can do today are really mm. pretty much the same sure what is a brain-computer interface? Sounds very brainy. Well, you know, we've been talking about this for a long time. You know, stuff that people are attaching to their brains, putting over your head, that's reading your brain, and it's helping people that have, you know, amputees, for example, people that might have had strokes, that can't do or access stuff, you know, with their hands or their thoughts. So, you know, the technology is getting to that, pace, into that place where we are slowly, slowly interfacing with the brain and really getting so much insight from our brains that... Um, um, it's worrying a few scientists because as soon as... The, you know, the brain is the last frontier. You know, human habits on on Facebook, for example, or what you do online, they can read what you're doing and they can work out what this might be thinking about. But once you start tapping into the brain, then it changes a whole new picture. So they are concerned that this brain-computer interface, or the ones that we are talking about, uh, and many startups are developing a lot of these ones, is that... At what point do we stop? At what point does this impact your your privacy and, and how much they will know about us? If you thought that they knew about you now on Facebook and what you're planning to do and what your habits are, imagine if they can start reading your mind. And there it gets really dangerous. So there's a, they're saying that there's a massive space for, um, you know, using these computer brain interfaces to help people who are sick who really need it. But uh, they're saying that we are getting to this neural revolution that's coming our way where we will be able to plug our brains into technology and the technology will start interpreting what we're thinking about. And making us even lazier than we are today, because if it starts predicting what you 're thinking about, it can start preempting things before you actually start doing it, right, that's even your stuff that 's in your subconscious so it 's crazy to think about it but but you know hacking the brain is the next frontier, and that 's where there 's big money being spent in at the moment that 's fascinating and crazy it, it is crazy and 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 imagine you were, you're wearing your your, your cap that you 're wearing today and it 's got special implants in it that is not only analyzing your medical condition if you have one to alert you if you are you know about to have a stroke et cetera. Et cetera. but what happens if we use that to basically protect us at all times so you've got something reading your brain and alerting yourself and your doctor and and giving you a heads up
0: on what might Look, be I wrong. mean that's that's important right but but as yeah. a, as a broadcaster and as a writer and as a social being, for me, the other parts of it—the non-medical parts—are yeah. as fascinating and maybe more scary on that front, because the medical benefits are always to—I think, I think—always to be welcomed, unless you are religious or fatalist and think that we shouldn't uh, have yeah. too many advances in in medicine. But on the non-medical side, yeah, what does it do to the human condition, to human psychology, to our interactions? Firstly, what levels of transparency are we all going to sign up for? If I can just somehow see Aki in the corridor and I can immediately understand not just his thoughts but his subconscious level. Hmm. And in terms of self-knowledge, imagine what he does. You know, the what, what will be the point of your shrink and being on the couch? <laughs> well, exactly. But this is, uh, imagine it's your a shrink nervous. has access to your mind. I mean, this is the one thing that the ethicists are really concerned
1: about. They're saying that it could be used to discriminate against people. So, for example, what is that too? if you're showing brain activity that you have similar patterns with uh, people with a propensity for addiction, for example, yeah. or depression or neurolog- neurological disease, do you want to share that information with a psychologist so they can understand you better? Mm-hmm. And then they start picking other things up that you're not picking up yourself because you're thinking it in your subconscious. Yeah.
0: So and it's it, – it, it's, it's you know, we had a debate. I think it was last week uh, that we had a debate on the show. There's always this clash in liberal democracies between privacy and national security, whether it be the VUMA cams, whether it be – other incursions on our civil liberties that we give up in order to have the state be in a position to collect your personal data through RICA, the case that the government has just lost, this technology will then slot into that age-old clash of principles again. What if you have some overzealous minister coming along and saying, "You know what? We need this technology to increase our odds of keeping the country secure." If we can preemptively know what the hell is brewing in Aki's subconscious, mm. then we can eliminate the source of danger. Or do you, or do you have, or, or <laughs> do you have an option? Or do you have an really, option to, really to put it into on
1: on prisoners' heads, for example, 100%. somebody that's We've somebody that's been that convicted for murder and rape. Hundred exactly. percent, exactly. Is that an
0: ethical thing to do? And now we add on to that. Which confuses us completely as well The fact that a lot of this technology You don't know whether the data that you get is hygienic Because of what happens in parallel yeah. Inside deep fate Well, exactly And, and Speaking the- of which <laughs> Yeah
1: but it is moving at such a pace. I did a conference last week and, and actually before this next story came up. But they were talking to, uh, there was a massive conference last week, by the way, uh, talking about deep fake. And it was uh, the MIT technology review conference. They were busy talking about this and, and similar stuff. But one of the pioneers of deep fake came up and he said, and, and we've played the deepfake stuff. There's one of Barack Obama. There's, there's a new one with, with Putin on. There's several of these things. Just go and, go into YouTube and look up deepfake. And yes, you know, if you look at it right now, you can say, yeah, you can see that, you know, you can see that it's not the real thing. But the guy who, one of the, one of the pioneers of deepfake was doing an interview on Friday on CNBC. And he had projected that deepfake technology is going to be spot-on realistic within the next five years. He's just now changed his timelines to say that within the next six months, we will have this technology available so 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 digitally accurate that you aren't going to be tell the difference between what's real and what's not real. Um, and 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 it's and it's, it poses massive challenges, right? Because what they're saying is it, it has some great uses. For example, if you're doing um, you know, uh, virtual reality and you're talking to somebody else and you want your image to appear, you know, in reality in front of them, etc. But... When you are start, when you start, uh, you know, replicating politicians mm. and you start spreading that news, it gets very dangerous. And I mean, the Chinese have made massive advances in this kind of technology, but this guy says within the next six months, he says you will be able to create videos yourself in your home and replicate people without you actually knowing
0: the difference. Now wow. that's, that's terrifying. That's very scary. How do you, how do we know it was him speaking to CNBC? <laughs> well that's a good question, but you know this conference started
1: off with uh, a guy uh, they 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 replicated Putin yeah. the president of russia, and it was incredibly realistic um but but having said that you know companies like mm. Facebook and other similar companies are now putting massive amounts of money and in, in fact they've just they've put a few hundred million dollars mm. into uh, as a, as a prize money for people who can actually uh, develop technology that can tell if it's
0: deep fake or not we cannot possibly know what the impact of this will be on society no. if we do not have a easily available affordable mechanism to distinguish fake from truth the consequences are it, i think it's impossible to describe i mean we can begin to to tease out some of the obvious things Mm. But um, Lord, I mean, can you imagine it? When you to fuel violence, for example, I mean, you just have to
1: look back at our xenophobic attacks that we've had in the last few weeks. God forbid this technology gets
0: into the wrong hands and people start abusing we've it. We've seen the right? effect of simply using an old photograph and spreading or that, fake, right? news, and that fake, fake news, just fake news, you right. and that will pale in comparison to what this kind of thing. Yeah.
1: Is. I, I I if there's one thing about the world that we're living in today that petrifies me is deep fake. Deep Scary stuff. Thank you Aki.